Christchurch, New Malden, 15th of September 2019, 6.30 service. David Lofman speaking on Understanding the Covenant with Moses. Long before I became a Christian, I used to ask myself the question, does God exist? I didn't have to wait for the answer. I knew it immediately. I didn't have to think about it. The answer was yes. And with that answer, I knew also I had to be in a relationship with God. Knowing there was a God meant I couldn't just carry on my life as if he didn't exist. I couldn't be indifferent to God. And that's really where I left things for quite some time. I think if I'd carried on thinking about God, I reckon I'd come to the conclusion that I'd have to change my whole life if I was going to be in a relationship with him. But back then, I had absolutely no idea how that was going to happen. And so I just got on with living. I muddled through my teenage years, and the question and my answer became a vague, nagging awareness that gradually faded away. Years passed, until one sunny summer evening in 1984, I found myself surrounded by thousands of people in a football stadium in Ipswich. We weren't there to watch a football match, but to hear a sermon by the renowned American preacher and evangelist, Billy Graham. Some people there were Christians and some people were just curious about Jesus. I wasn't a Christian, but I'd been thinking about Jesus and talking about him with people for quite some time. Katie had asked me along that evening. She said, it's going to be fine. She said, there'll be some songs to sing. <laughs> she said, it's really sunny. She said, there'll be loads of people you know there. And what she didn't say was that this was an evening that could completely transform my life and that nothing was ever going to be the same again. She didn't tell me that. So suddenly I heard a question. It was addressed directly to me. Billy Graham asked, do you accept Jesus, the Son of God, as saviour of your life? And at that moment I knew exactly what the answer was. It was yes. I didn't have to think about it. I knew I was accepting the covenant that God has made with me through Jesus, his son. And from that moment, I knew I had entered into an agreement with God. For my part, he required my love, my faith, my obedience to his son who forgives the sins I confess and who welcomes me into the kingdom of heaven. For God's part, he gave, he gave up his one and only son to a terrible death on a cross. It took me a long time to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour. And it took God a long time for God to prepare the way to make his everlasting covenant with us. 
through his son. Through the Old Testament scriptures, God renews, expands and develops his covenant relationship with us through a variety of people. And in our current 6.30 sermon series, we're looking at the various agreements or covenants God has made with people in preparation for that final everlasting covenant through Jesus. Two weeks ago, Ruth began our study by looking at God's covenant with Noah and creation. Last week, Becky spoke about Abraham. This evening, I'm going to talk about some, some, probably just two, aspects of the covenant God made with Moses. So the covenant with Moses expands and develops the covenants made with both Noah and Abraham and brings humanity closer to the final covenant with God, that covenant made with Jesus. Things have moved on quite a bit since the covenant made with Abraham, 600 years in fact. And since then, the Israelites have settled in Egypt. They've grown numerous, prosperous, and incredibly successful as a people. But so successful, they were considered a threat to Egypt. Quickly, Pharaoh and the Egyptians moved against the Israelites. Their numbers and prosperity couldn't save them. Pharaoh stripped them of their social advantages and their wealth, and reduce them to slaves. However, when God chooses to rescue the Israelites, some 400 years of slavery in Egypt, he, bring, he begins by speaking to Moses. Moses is an adopted Israelite prince in Pharaoh's family. He's in trouble. He's exiled from the palace and on the run for his life for committing murder. He's hiding in Midian. God comes to him and calls him to lead the Israelites out of slavery and out of Egypt and lead them to the promised homeland God had spoken to Abraham about. And during their escape to Egypt, sorry, during their escape from Egypt, in the desert of Sinai, God reached out to the Israelites and offered them a covenant. The Israelites were in an incredibly vulnerable situation. They'd left the stability of a place of residence for a nomadic, for a nomadic and rootless existence. They were out in wild country. It was, totally it was a totally alien environment to them. That, that's it out there. That's partly what they were travelling through. Israelite men, women and children were exposed to the difficult physical environment of the desert. They were defenceless against harsh weather and wild animals and the other people that inhabited the area. They've had to rely on God totally for their survival. God had fed them, 
That's recorded in chapter 16. He had quenched their thirst. That's recorded in chapter 17. And had guided them through the wilderness. That's recorded in chapter 13. They were completely reliant on God. And then, out of that terrible situation, God makes an offer in the form of a covenant to the Israelites. And the Israelites accept that covenant. In Exodus chapter 19, it's written, I won't read all of that. God said to Moses, tell the people of Israel, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and the people all responded together. We will do everything the Lord has said. In that encounter with God, out there, in the desert, he spoke the Ten Commandments and a series of covenant laws. They're recorded in Exodus chapter 20 to 23. It's often referred to as the Book of the Covenant. In these chapters, God not only gave the Israelites a way of surviving the challenges of living in the desert, God also gave the Israelites the way to live as citizens of a nation. God was bestowing citizenship upon the Israelites before they had a land or a home to be citizens in. This has a number of consequences. Firstly, God was gradually making true the promise he had made to Abraham 600 years earlier. He had said to Abraham, recorded in Genesis, the whole land of Canaan where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give an everlasting possession to you and your descendants. And you will know that I will be their God. Also, through the Ten Commandments and Covenant Laws, God was showing the Israelites how to be in a close and loving relationship with him. Not only this, but these chapters were showing that by living out this covenant relationship, the Israelites would show the people of the world how to live perfect, holy and pure lives. By doing that, they would be fulfilling what God had said to Jacob, Abraham's grandson, when he renewed the covenant with Abraham, saying, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. God doesn't spell out what that blessing will be, but we know it is Jesus, the Messiah, the saviour of us all. Included in the covenant are lots of laws concerning the relationships that Israelites are to conduct with each other 
concerning property, how disputes must be resolved and what to do in cases of injury. There are laws regarding relationships with servants, how to conduct relations with other nations, and laws regarding how to show mercy, how to exercise justice. There are laws regarding the Sabbath, laws about festivals, laws about offerings and sacrifices. So that's our summary of the Mosaic Covenant. Follow these laws and you shall have land and be in a strong and healthy, loving relationship with God. Well, it sounds kind of easy, doesn't it? It's a no-brainer, as they say. A simple, clear and explicit set of statements, a bit like instructions, I suppose. laid out in three chapters of the Book of the Covenant. And yet, despite its simplicity, it was totally impossible for the Israelites to follow. For just like you and me, they are a broken and fallen people. They are, like you and me, people of sin. And perhaps it was the knowledge of their own sin that made them shrink away from listening to God directly. When the Israelites hear God speaking to them, the Ten Commandments, they are terrified and they demand that Moses tell them what God says rather than hear from God directly. Moses is acting as a kind of go-between between God and the Israelites. This is referred to in Exodus 20. It's written, when the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. And Moses again acts as a go-between or a mediator when the, Is- when the Israelites sin. Time and time again, Israelites, the Israelites fail to meet the terms of the covenant. Perhaps this is most spectacularly shown when they build and worship a golden statue of a calf. This takes place immediately after they have heard for themselves the Ten Commandments. Moses has gone up the mountain alone to receive other covenant laws. Included in that story of sin is this piece of scripture. This one is taken from Deuteronomy. Moses says, Well, the voice of Moses says, Once again, I, Moses, fell prostrate before the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. I ate no bread and drank no water because of all the sin you had committed, doing what was evil in the Lord's sight and so arousing his anger. 
I feared the anger and wrath of the Lord, for he was angry enough with you to destroy you. But again, the Lord listened to me. The people destroyed the covenant before it had even properly been completed. God wants to destroy the Israelites, but Moses pleads to God for their lives. And amazingly, God relents. He listens to Moses. He shows them mercy and renews the covenant with Moses. The tablets of stone are rewritten. Moses here is acting as a mediator between God and the Israelites. It's one of the most important aspects of the Mosaic covenant. Firstly, it's significant because Moses' mediation extends and develops Abraham's own mediation when God decides to destroy Sodom. We read in Genesis 19 how God seems to invite Abraham to discuss his plan to destroy the great city of Sodom because of its sin. Abraham wants to rescue his nephew Lot and his family who live in the city. Abraham then begins to negotiate with God and intercedes on behalf of the city. Eventually he strikes a deal and Lot and his family are saved. It is the most incredible passage. Secondly, Moses' mediation here is a foreshadowing of the incredible act of mediation Jesus performs between God and us, his followers. Moses' act of mediation involved spending 40 nights exposed on the mountaintop, fasting and praying. However, Jesus' mediation involved the sacrifice of his own son, crucified upon a cross. The shedding of his own blood. It's written in Hebrews chapter 12. Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Moses' covenant with God develops and expands God's relationship with humanity. It brings closer and prepares humanity for the ultimate restoration of the fallen world through Jesus. Moses' covenant sets out commandments and laws to enable his people to be in a closer relationship with him. Through the laws and commandments, God is shaping and creating a holy nation dedicated to himself, through which he will restore the broken world, this broken world. And through Moses, God has further established the idea of a mediator, an intercessor, who will plead for forgiveness for the lives of not only his people, his immediate followers, but all people for all time. He will also 
tell the people what God's desire is for their lives. Thank you, David. So let's um, have a time of prayer now and take some of those thoughts that David's brought to us and, and think about the God that we worship.